From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm, uh, I'm Brian. I was staring at my... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm Miles no, for a second. Nope, nope, nope. Just and this is the best beer show on the internet. <laughs> pull my head out of my ass. <laughs> Let's do this show. <laughs> yeah, no, so Brian and I, uh, we are... Whew, we are having... We're having a We're having a day. We're having a day. We both... Uh, we both... Did, had separately partied a little, a little hearty. Yeah, hit it hard yesterday, and uh, yeah. my excuse was bourbon fest. Man, I got, I got a, <laughs> a good old fashioned drunk dial from Casey yesterday. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I was sitting at home, and he called up, and he's like, "Hey man, what's up, man? Hey man, man." That sounds about right. I have zero recollection of said oh, phone call. Oh, so funny. I was like, that's another, and just another reason why I like Casey, because he's he's like, fuck it, I'm in a drunk dial, Brian. That uh, <laughs> was one of those things. At a certain point, you can't text anymore. No, people don't, people don't drunk dial anymore. It's a lost art. It's Honestly, it's kind of fun. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> Oh, I applaud you. No, and so, well, and it's, I'm in that habit, you know, every time you wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, fuck, check the call log. Yep. <laughs> and like, you, you see, you see sent calls and you like, you, you tap on them, you're like, duration, like less than 30 seconds. Okay. I just got an answering machine and hung up. We're good. We're good. Oh shit. A minute and a half. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I guess I had uh, chicken wings last night. Hmm. Well. Anyway, but yeah, um, yeah. So, what have you been up to beer related lately, Brian? Beer related. Let's see. We didn't record last week. We did not. No. Um, so we'll, we're releasing the the Rick episode. So I guess it's been a couple weeks. Uh, beer wise, we released Hudson Hayes at the brewery, which is our hazy hazy IPA. Um, yeah, and Ethan finally got responses to his date with Ethan. <laughs> Oh, that was really funny, actually. Yeah, it wasn't very many responses, but because I, I think people think like if you look at the Hop and Barrel social media, I think people think that we're we're just joking about everything. And so when we did that contest, I don't think well, so I anyone was, took it seriously. Car- like Carlos and I were talking about entering it, and then <laughs> like and then we had one too many beers and <laughs> forgot. But we're like, yeah, we should totally go on a date with Ethan. It'd be hilarious. Ethan's pretty fun to hang out with, I have to say. Yeah, well, and then Carlos was like, well, we should say something about how he owes me a medium pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Man, you guys should have entered. You would have been taken care of because... No, I know. It's like... (laughs) No, and Carlos, like... So Ethan mentioned something about the medium pizza, the uh, like D&D night. And Carlos, like I told Carlos, and he's like, no, next time you see him, you need to let him know, like... It's not a big deal, and he doesn't owe me anything for it because the story's w- worth it. Like <laughs> Ethan and his cheeseless pizza, <laughs> his medium, 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 medium. Yeah, it, Ethan's like like me. I have issues with lactose. Um, I really like cheese and and um, dairy things, but if I indulge, I pay for it for a, a couple of days. It makes sense that you put lactose in one of your first beers, then. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we have two, like, two beers, two or three beer, two beers, I think, right now that have lactose in them, 
and I can do, you know, I can do a five ounce taster, but like Hudson Hayes, I can't. I can have one. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. No, these lacto, these beers. That's, are, a, that's kind of a bummer. It is. That's why I made this one without. <laughs> we made oh, space. I'm, Force. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm pointing at a can of Space Force that I am drinking right now, and that is by. So this, you know, it's great. This Space Force. It's our double IPA. It's got Galaxy, Mandarin, and Bavaria, um, and Mosaic, and I. So. I think I've talked about Space Force before, but I heard the word Space Force uttered in like March and I trademarked the beer before I even wrote a recipe. And then I kind of had this double IPA recipe rolling around in my head. Um, like, you know, two row caramel 10 and then some table sugar. And that's pretty much it. That's the recipe. Um, and, uh, just threw, threw a bio hop at it and, uh, and then finish some Galaxy. And then I, I was having a lot of trouble getting Vic's secret for whatever reason. Oh, uh, that's because it's secret? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I looked at, you know, in, in the, the spider charts or spider graphs, I guess you'd kind of call them, <clears throat> that you can, that are in that, um, the hops book that Casey and I use a lot on the show. Um, you, we were able to match up Mandarina Bavaria with Vic's secret. And so I pulled. Vix from the recipe and added mandarina, and then after one cycle of the recipe, the the orange peel was just like really kind of almost over the top. Like it'll take that that particular crop of mandarina Bavaria took that orange peel, that nature of it, and just really bumped it. So on the next cycle, then we pulled it back a little bit. So it's kind of it, it's interesting. I talked to you know people were like, oh, small craft brewery consistency, blah blah blah. But like my really good friend Tom Mondor, who we should have on this show at some point in time. Uh, he's a lead sellerman at Summit, and he was like, Ugh. he's like, every brewery, <clears throat> unless it's, you know, science experiment, Mick Budweiser, you know, you get varying malt crops, you get varying hop crops. And, you know, speaking of varying hop or uh, malt, malt crops or malt batches or whatever, um, there's two, two maltsters right now that we, you know, that we get malt from. And I'll, I mean, you guys could figure out who it is, but. Uh, two of them, and I'm looking at the, they're called COA, COA sheets, and they show you all the different specs for the malt, and they've just been all over the place, like both of them. And so the one company we get stuff from, and you look at the COA sheet and you say, well, Christ, the, you know, the beta glucans are all over the place or like they're too low or they're too high. And then you've got to adjust with a, a bag of malt, you know, maybe another, an extra bag of two row or something to make up the efficiency. Or if it if it seems like it looks too sticky, like we have a our our Hellas that Synergy malt is kind of all over the place. Sometimes it's really good, very distinctive, but it's all over the place sometimes. And so what we've had to do is keep rice hulls on hand and an extra, just an extra sack of two row to add, you know, add in. And then that Synergy gets a little sticky. So it's a lot of on the fly. Yeah, like. definitely. Yep. So we still have to fuck with that. Um, and it's it's cool to know that Summit uh, Brewing Company, a bigger, much much bigger, much older, more respected <laughs> than our little shop. Summit um, is awesome. What? Yeah, agreed. They they crank the. I mean, that I would say like. Well, I mean, if Tom didn't bring me beer all the time, I don't think I'd drink as wide of a variety of Summit beer. But I like their Unchained series. Yeah, any I of their really Unchained, like I'll always pick that up. Or anything lager wise that they do is yep. just. Um, 
outstanding. Um, yeah, the their saga <laughs> is so good. <laughs> well, yeah, you go to you go to a a bar and you're like, man, this IPA is a ten ounce. You know, seven dollar beer. I could have, I could have like two sagas for that much, right? <laughs> or you know, one point seven five sagas. Like I'm, I'm, a like. Or they're true Brit. I love oh, that yeah. one. Like, yeah, yeah. No, if you're, I, I feel bad for you guys if you're not in the Minnesota like distribution area because I know they had to scale back. Yeah, uh, a few years ago, but they like, just understand the writing on the wall. They're more traditional. They're and then with everything being so hyper local these days and then you know we'll get into the conversation about styles and perception and stuff I think that's what this episode's all about but they're another one that you know it's like they make a Keller Pills and it's amazing and most people are like what the fuck is Keller Pills like Keller's just the name right yeah. like that's just it's, it's just a Pilsner and they call it there's probably some dude at the brewery <laughs> named Keller <laughs> yep that's why we have Chad's Pale We have a guy named Chad. <laughs> well, you're saying that Chad isn't a re- like it's not from the country of Chad? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, beer wise, I don't know, kinda all over the map. Yeah. That new beer came out and then we're just we're futzing around trying to just maintain consistency and trying to sell more beer. So well, hey, that's I mean, it's a full time yeah. job. It is. I'm gonna start getting out on the road doing sales. Then <clears throat> we should have four four of us running around. I, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or five of us. No, it's a good thing. Okay. Um, we just you, know, you take a look and you're like, well, we need X tens of thousands of dollars in sales yeah. every month. And with who we, it's hard to explain because like we, we keep pushing into these new markets. So the monthly sales is like hyper inflated because those because it's it's the new inflate like yeah, it's so it's the like new thing buy-in. and everybody's excited the initial buy in the initial buy in for all these hay Hudson Hayes accounts it's like you know they'll do like five or ten cases and then the next week they'll they've probably gone through one or two. And then you just restock them with one or two. Yeah, so, so, you, that, so you see a little like, yeah. bloop, and then it stables out. Yeah, and so since we're just just about to be a year old, it, I, we're finally starting to look and see, okay, all right, so this market will yield this much. So where where do you uh, where do you demark the, the year mark? Is that in December with yeah. the soft opening, or is that would, with the hard opening in well, January? Well, honestly, we didn't start distributing beer until April. So yeah. uh, a hard line... You know, the mark for one year of distribution would be April. Okay. Well, well I, I was thinking like brewery and brewery wise, yeah, December eighth. December eighth. All mm-hmm. right. And then our which I believe you guys were on the show that day. Really? I think I think it was like that week or like the week after. It was. It was right really close. Yeah, because you guys you guys showed up already, you know, having a couple and <laughs> no, no that was that was a fun episode. I gotta go back and listen to that one. Um, but yeah, I guess so. Then our our anniversary party uh, will be January twelfth. Uh, we'll have uh, what Firewater Gospel Choir will play. They're pretty popular around here. And then I am told Justin is is okay with renting the. <laughs> the orange and blue tuxedos from Dumb and Dumber. <gasps> <laughs> you know. That'll be amazing. <laughs> I'm going to hit him with that cane. You should get a stuffed parrot and cover its neck in duct tape. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was quiet. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> the Petey the parrot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Or just like a fake... <laughs> like an owl in a cage. <laughs> what was the He's like, look at those hooters. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Owls. It's a ridiculous movie. I love that movie. All right. Uh, let's see. I did Bourbon Fest yesterday, which seems like a great idea in theory. Uh, <laughs> and then I realized it's only three hours long. And any longer would be more of a shit show. But basically, it's drink as much bourbon as you can in three hours. Go. It's insane. How much? What was the ticket price on that? Uh, seventy-five. Okay. Awesome. Which I thought was very reasonable, considering okay. like what you would pay for a shot of each of these. You know that 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 makes sense. Yeah, uh, and there was there was a lot of like rare stuff, like nothing like crazy rare, but there was stuff where you would probably pay. 15 20 bucks for a pour and that's awesome yeah. well they had those did you get one of those sweet um buffalo trace coins yeah i think i picked up like a handful of them <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> good <laughs> did you no i did not because i did not go but um yeah other than that uh last week on rules of the arena we talked with uh john from stone stonehill uh hop farm uh, in Stillwater, he's a local hop grower, and so that was really cool. Uh, being able to kind of dive into the hop growing and uh, just kind of the, the local hop business, um, and it's it seems like a market that's starting to boom up a little bit, and you're seeing more of these like smaller growers pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, we get and, approached pretty frequently, and my answer is always no thanks. Um, they just like keeping keeping a consistency is. Yeah, that's uh, a big deal for us. So yeah. we have to go with with some of the bigger guys. Yeah, and, stuff yep. that I know is going to be consistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like smaller breweries like Pitchfork, um, because of their crazy whole cone only uh, thing, uh, like they they like working with these smaller guys. Because I was I was uh, one of the questions I asked was so what is like what what's the how much do you pelletize versus how much do you leave whole cone? And he's like, so whatever Mike buys, we leave whole cone. Everything else is pelletized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. I, it's interesting that he still chooses to to use whole cone like that. Yeah, we'll see if that changes at all with the new system. Who knows? Yeah. I I you know I know so such little information about what's going on unless I go and ask Mike. I don't. Yep. Never know what's going on. Well, yeah, and I think Mike's partner is is one of those dudes that likes to be all secretive about stuff. He sure is. Yeah, to each their own. But I think that's unnecessary. We had to pull <laughs> one of our episodes down because yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it. To each their own, though. Yep, to each their own. Um, other than that, let's <clears> see. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, I know there's been other stuff that I've. I don't know. Made it up to Bobtown again mm. for a good hamburger. That was fun. Yeah, and they have good food there. They do, and it's and good beer, obviously. Price, and they have good beer, mm-hmm. and and you can bring people who can't. Like I have a buddy who can't drink beer because he's allergic, but he can have you know like a Jack and Coke. Yeah, and so you can. It's one of the few like breweries where you can actually do that. Mm-hmm. Brew pub and brew pub, yeah, I, brew pub with a full license, not just beer. Yeah, that's a strange. Uh, gray area (laughs) (laughs) that I don't know a whole lot about. It'd probably be better off if Justin were here to explain that shit to us. It's, well, yeah. And Wisconsin beer law, like beer laws in every state are weird. Totally different. And I feel like in Wisconsin, it always, a lot of it comes down to like city ordinances, doesn't it? Oh, I mean, yes and no. Um, We're regulated federally. And so we have like a permit. We don't even have a liquor license and we're not like the local government doesn't we don't have anything to do with them. Yeah. But if you had a liquor license, Mm -hmm. you would. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Uh, definitely. 
Yeah, because liquor license, like every town sets the number of liquor licenses that they can have. Yeah, and sometimes it's population based. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think there, I don't think there's any other open ones in Hudson. Yeah, I I mean I don't think it can be a hundred percent population based based off of some of the towns in Wisconsin that are literally only bars. <laughs> <laughs> like El Paso, I think has four. Four. Oh, <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, not much. Just kind of getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving, uh, or as I like to call it, Nacho Day. Nacho Day. Yeah, this is uh. Food day. We're, I don't know. My my mom was like, oh, I'm not into it this year. I don't feel like making stuff. And so we were like, well, let's get pizza and make malts or something. I uh, uh, I clean the house, make nachos, and watch Lord of the Rings. That's an excellent idea. And it's literally the, uh, the like it's my favorite holiday. Nacho. I also drink a bottle of bourbon, but that's neither here nor there. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, so why don't we talk about some beer? Because oh, yeah. this is a beer show, so mm-hmm. we should probably do that. Uh, so we're going to try our ESC British Brown Ale, which came in about like four point two percent. Pretty great, uh, good sessionable, crushable thing. Uh, we were going to try it a couple weeks ago, but uh, I forgot to force carve it. Oh yeah, and because right. uh, I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> It is on beer cam right now, so it is on. Beer I'll give cam. you a couple seconds to look at Ooh, it. That is a good color. I yeah, like it, ruby. And now I'm going to take it. All right, so because I'm going to drink it. Uh, percentages. <clears throat> we'll start with the high. Uh, so this is uh, Maris Otter as the base, seventy-two, uh, basically seventy-three percent. I'm just going to kind of round. Just round. Yes. Yeah, seventy-three percent Maris Otter, twelve uh, percent Victory. 12% uh, Crystal 45, or well, it's uh, the Simpsons medium, uh, and then 3% of the UK chocolate. Um, and there's some, like, you know, there's some little little fudging there, but it should come out close. It's a very rich-sounding recipe. Yes. Uh, and then we used uh, uh, an ounce of progress at 60 minutes. Okay. And then fermented with uh, Y-East, uh London Ale Yeast. Uh, what's the number on that? Uh, let me get you the exact number in 1318. I think so. For whatever reason, Beersmith did not pull in the number. That's weird. Nice. London Ale. Uh, 1318. Or no, that's London Ale 3. That's, oh yeah, that is 3. I don't know what one is. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, London Ale is, uh, 1028. 1028? Yep. Okay. Yeah, London Uh, 3, a lot of breweries are using that for, uh, the hazy IPAs. Yep. Yeah, this uh, on the YE's website says rich mineral profile that is bold and crisp with some fruitiness often used for higher gravity ales and when high level is attenuation is desired. Mm. Um, Yeah, so we're looking for overall a malty brown caramel centric British ale without uh, the roasted flavors of a porter. Uh, Aroma, something light, uh, sweet malt aroma with toffee, nutty or light chocolate notes and a light to heavy caramel quality, a light but a Peeling floral or earthy hop aroma may also be noticed. A light fruity aroma may be evident, but should not dominate. Toffee. Yeah, definitely toffee. There is a, a smidge of fruity. Yep, just a, like almost. Uh, like it's uh, like not not like a little raisiny, maybe. I think um, yeah, raisiny yeah. toffee and and that vi- the victory is popping out. 
popping out for me. Um, appearance, dark amber to dark reddish brown color, clear, low to moderate, off-white to light tan head. Uh, patented beer light. Yep. Uh, this is clear. Yes. Yeah, nice clarity. Very good clarity. Uh, ruby hue, um, tanned ruby. Yeah, that head is beautiful on it. That's I'm pretty nice. Not yeah. mad about it. Some some ac- actual like lacing going on, too. That's nice. All right, flavor, gentle to moderate malt sweetness with a light to heavy caramel character and a medium to dry finish. Malt may also have a nutty, toasty, biscuity, toffee, or light chocolate character, medium to low, or medium to medium low bitterness. Malt hop balance ranges from even to malt focused, hop flavor low to none, uh, low to moderate fruity esters can be present. I would say this is definitely malt forward. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, um, very like, it's, I'd, I'd say it's a medium finish. Oh, body wise? Yeah, uh, oh. finish. Oh, like, finish wise? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. I don't think it's medium dry. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, big, big caramel toffee notes. Like, yep. um, not a ton of bitterness, but it's there. <laughs> it's there, but um, just, just, a, just a nice in the background. Um, no, I'm not getting any like floral or earth or earth, floral or earthy qualities from the hops. No. Um, I am getting a little bit of a, a fruity ester. I can tell from the yeast for sure, um, and yeah, definitely like solidly medium finish. Not not too dry, not too sweet. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't uh, cloy. It's not cloyingly which sweet, is good. which yeah. is awesome. Um, but it doesn't completely dry your mouth out, so it's refreshing. <laughs> yeah, the body here is uh, for what was the alcohol content? Uh, Four point two. Very good um, body structure to this. I what was your mash temp? Uh, I believe we did this one at 155. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's good. A little bit higher. Yep. Yeah, that's kind of where I do all my English, mm-hmm. like right in that 155-ish. Yeah, that's smart. Um, yeah, mouthfeel, medium light to medium body, medium, medium high carbonation. I'd say this is medium carbonation, mm-hmm. uh, medium body. Yep, carb's good on it, too. Yeah, it's, I love uh, English ales, like they're they're literally my favorite style of beer. If I had to choose like one region to only drink from for the rest of my life, it would be England, mm-hmm. uh, like or just the UK because I want some <coughs> Scottish ales in there too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I like this is this is something uh, had it carved last week, ready for the show that we didn't record, and ended up uh, hanging out with Gordon and Ben until midnight thirty, just crushing this beer <laughs> and. Uh, and you can, because you're not going to get just wasted on right. it. And it's drinkable, and you don't mind drinking more. Yeah, there is definitely a mineral quality, but I always get that because of whatever water you're, yep. bre- you're brewing with. <laughs> so that's, that's like every beer. But like the that London one, when they're, yeah, they're not kidding. There's a little... There's a mineraliness to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's yeah. not, that's not a bad thing. Like, no, I, I think it, I think there are it, many styles that, that it lends totally fine. good for these styles of beer. Oh, like, yeah. like that mineral quality you kind of want in these beers. Yeah. Jeez, man, you knocked it out of the park with this one. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I can't get enough of it. It's, it's a bit of a problem because I'm going to run out of that keg mm-hmm. and be sad. Make it again. Or are you like totally burned on <laughs> I, I, no, I got to start again first of the year, start brewing again. <coughs> yep. But by that time, I should hopefully have everything kegged. And I, I offloaded two kegs yesterday to somebody. They're having a Christmas party. Nice. So all I got to do is get them good and carved up. And then I just two kegs done. One of our employees got married what, yesterday. And he and his buddies 
they came in and they were just they were like a line of ants, like bringing kegs <laughs> from the cooler. And Matt from Oliphant is there, and he was like, "Um, I think you're being robbed." There's dude. like three guys, <laughs> and they're hauling a bunch of your beer out. And I was like, "Do they are they like really young looking, like strapping young men?" And he was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, that's Nick." And his his best man and brother, uh, and then I don't know, it was super funny. I'm like, yeah, we are, are we being robbed? Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with this beer. This gets this gets a thumbs up across the board for me. I think this nailed style. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, should we uh, talk about? I, I'm trying I'm trying to figure out like what to what to title this episode. Like, is it marketing styles? Is it like? Uh, well, I, yeah, I think this is this kind of falls under more of marketing for from my experience. Um, what what was the who, the list? Who was the listener and what was the? Uh, yeah. So so idea? Thomas, uh, li- a listener of ours, he sent in an idea. He's like, hey, you guys should discuss um, like if if you should label a beer by the style versus like what what will sell it. So his example was labeling um, something a session IPA versus a pale ale. Mm, because yeah. like the, mm-hmm. the tend right the, the trend right now is nobody's buying pale ales, yep. but people are buying session IPAs. Yep. Because IPA is the buzzword. Correct. So yeah, like what session <laughs> session IPA I mean that's kind of an oxy what an oxymoron or like Yeah, session IPA <clears throat> isn't isn't a thing that exists. No, it's not an IPA. Like it's a pale it's, ale. It's a pale ale. Um, like once, like once you drop below a certain, like if you still have the IBUs and you're below a certain ABV, like mm-hmm. I think you're a pale ale. Yeah. Well, let me lay this on you. Like what you got blonde ale, golden ale. Well, what, what's the, f- you know, I mean, so I think I hear golden ale. I immediately think Belgian. Okay. Yeah. Well, actually me too. Like, but I think that's just cause maybe we're kind of old school. Maybe. But I mean, you know, you've got, the, well, yeah, small axe from Rush River is mm-hmm. a golden ale, but it's a blonde, right? Yeah, I don't know. I've, and they have a they have a pale ale. What is that pale? That freaking awesome mosaic pale ale they have? Oh, oh, uh, uh, scenic. Yeah, yeah, scenic. Oh my god, I love that beer. Uh, Rush River, uh, if you can get it. Yeah, scenic, scenic uh, pale. That is a fantastic beer. <clears throat> it doesn't drink like a pale ale to me. It drinks like just straight IPA. Yeah, it's definitely on the the higher end mm-hmm. of that, and like, and that's the thing. Like all of these are they're, they're a spectrum, yeah. and so some things can legitimately fall fall in the two, mm-hmm. and then you have to make that that judgment. Uh, the other the other thing uh, we kind of touched on it a couple weeks ago when Josh was here, uh, Oktoberfest. Yeah, like what the fuck is an people Oktoberfest? think that uh, an Oktoberfest is a Mertzen, which that that is how it started happening. Is just people's you know lack of knowledge because the actual beer that you're drinking at Oktoberfest is what it's more of a it's a fest beer so it's more a it's a lighter like uh, ye- yellow beer a smooth clean pale German lager yep. with moderately strong multi flavor and light hop character yep uh, definitely balances strength and drinkability oh. so yeah you're I mean shit man our what our merits in this year at Hop and Barrel was like six and a half. Or was it like more like seven? Uh, it was up there. It was up there. Well, sure. and most of them are too. Like I don't yeah. like if you go to Oktoberfest and somebody starts like slinging eight percent beers at mm-hmm. you, 
you're going to be done. Well, yeah. And this, you know, what we're talking about here today is all about, it's all about perception. Um, so <clears throat> anecdote, an anecdote from our brewery is, <clears throat> I mean, we make a lot of lager. Um, and we made the, one of the first beers we ever made was a Schwartz beer. And it was, uh, you know, I think it's great. I think and then people that know that style, you know, a black lager, they, they know it and they love it and they think it's great. But I've had many people come in and say, like, black lager? Like, that's a thing? You can do that? It's like, yeah, absolutely, man. And so when we first brought the beer out, I, I thought, you know, I mean, if we call it a Schwartz beer, nobody's going to know what the hell it is. Um, you know, because we did have a porter. Um, people kind of know what that is, but the black lager, Porter, it's like, Porter seems to be gaining traction. Right. You know, and then what do we, <clears throat> do we name the Porter black ale? Well, if, you know, if people don't, you know, people don't know what a Porter is, they don't want a Porter. They want like a, a dark ale. Well, then I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, if we call it a black ale or a dark ale, then my instinct would to be immediately thinking that it's hoppy. Um, yeah, because Cascadian like, Dark Ale. Right, like a black or, IPA. Or black IPA. God, and that is dumb, too. What? Cascadian Dark Ale yeah, versus black yeah. IPA. So 2008 or 2009, there was a, an, a, 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 an issue of the magazine Zimmergy. And I remember reading it, and I remember immediately that Saturday going to the, going to the old Midwest homebrew supply. And this was back when you could only fit like one guy in the malt room. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like at Midwest homebrew supply back in the day, the old store before, before it got picked up by a Northern brewer, which then got picked up by AB and Bev. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was even before they moved to the spot that they're in now that kind of looks like a bank. Okay. Um, but it, on the outside, <laughs> I've, I've honestly never stepped foot. In. No, like, I just like staring at things. Well, and you're closer to that. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Well, I mean, I could shit when I lived in Uptown, I used to take my big messenger bag and ride my bike. Oh, nice. You know, or I could just throw it onto the bus and throw my bike on the bus and, uh, mm -hmm. and get there and get there. Or, you know, like what Fort Firkins was kind of near there. And so I used to ride. My bike. If you live in Uptown, buy a bike. Yeah, if in you Minneapolis. don't have a bike. <laughs> if you live anywhere, ride a bike. Ride a bike. I'm just kidding. Anyway, actually, I'm not. I'm not um, I ride a bike here. I love riding my bike. Uh, anyway, um, that was I was fucking rambling about. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So 2008, nine, something like that. There was, I think, they had an article about Cascadia and Dark Ale, and I immediately went to the homebrew shop, bought ingredients, made it. And at the time, I was kind of hanging out with guys from the St. Paul Homebrewers Club, which is a very big, uh, renowned club. And I remember I was accused of brewing um, hipster hipster beer. And I think that was... <laughs> Not Brian, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even really know what that means. So, yeah, and I brewed that, and that style came and went. Um, and so I guess my perception of a dark ale or a black ale is that it's going to be big and strong and it's going to either that or it's just going to be really hoppy. Well, I think the biggest problem with the Cascadian dark ale, in my opinion, is a lot of people try to use the wrong hops with it. Mm -hmm. There's some hops that just don't go with dark malt. Yep. 
So you can't just throw whatever you want at it. Yeah, we talked. We actually talked about that when we were talking about black IPAs on the show. Did we? Yeah, I think we did. I don't know if you were here. Maybe I wasn't. Yeah. But um, no, uh, yeah, no. So it's there, there's it's all perception, and so I yeah. guess maybe the underlying question is, do you not do you follow the style or whatever? But where is where is the burden of education lie? Oh, like, does that yeah. land on the brewery, or is that up to the consumer? And so you, well, because as the brewery, you have to go towards the lowest common denominator, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah. Like you have to uh, figure out how to market the beer so people will buy it and in in the process like expand their palate right yeah i mean go to the liquor store see what you know what what the popular beers are that are moving there and then see what their style is yeah. you know i mean but with the schwartz beer you you took a stance and we're like well we're going to call this a schwartz beer mm-hmm. because that's what it is and it might not move as quickly as others, but as people try it, they will at least know what a Schwartz beer is. Yeah, the people that know about that beer are like love that beer because it's an awesome beer. Yeah. Um, but the people that don't, they just don't understand it, and they think, oh, it's a dark beer. It's like it's the the Guinness complex. You know. Oh yeah, I mean? where people are like, oh, Guinness is a meal. Oh, it's like nine percent. It's like no, bro. No, it's actually, barely it's, five. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's four point two, I believe, and mm-hmm. it's only uh, it's under two hundred calories a can. Right. So like it's technically a diet beer. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a Guinness for breakfast, a Guinness for lunch, and a sensible dinner with a bunch more Guinness. <laughs> Sometimes I cook with the Guinness. But yeah, it's again, yeah, it is a perception thing. And then with, you know, it, it's funny that the the black IPA, it just came and went. And, you know, sometimes it takes some of the larger breweries a minute to catch up. Mm, and some of them, they jump on stuff right away. Yeah. So, well, and there's there's other styles that have like I thought there was going to be like a huge like session IPA movement. And some breweries did one like. Uh, and then others were just like, no, like we already have pale ales. We don't need to worry about this. Yeah. Same thing with what, like when um, juicy or hazy beer kind of came out, you had a lot of people completely and utterly fully embraced it. And just that's it. They, they went that like modest or uh, barrel, like, theory. barrel theory. It's like that's all they do, you know, or they, I mean, they do some other they do a couple other things, but. That is what they like. They're I, and, you know, and they'd probably be like, is, "No, man, we make all this other stuff." And it's like, "Man, well, I never hear about yeah, it but because that's, that's no, all." Everyone only talks about your your Merc beer. Yeah, everybody only talks about your dishwater beer. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine because they. I don't. God, what is the modest one that false pattern? Yeah, holy fuck, that's, that's a really good. good god beer. damn it, that's a good so, beer. Uh, modest, isn't there like an umlaut over the O? So it should be oh, moodest. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. I, maybe, maybe I was just putting one there. <laughs> I think you were. I th- like yeah. No. So I was at a, I was well, at a beer yeah. fest and I just went up. And I was like, oh, I had some of that moodest. <laughs> <laughs> they like that. They're they pre- got real annoyed with me. Like <laughs> they're pretty, fu- pretty funny, <laughs> funny dudes. But they're yeah, they're they're pretty hip. So yeah. I, I don't know if they were into that or not. <clears throat> In any case, um, yeah, no, but yeah. So you you have the breweries who completely like embrace these mm-hmm. things. Like you know you have. Uh, like Lupulin, Modest, uh, Barrel Theory. Yep. And then you have the people who are like trying to do like the all around, like just just be a good brewery and yeah. just have 
kind of a staple. That's kind of what we do is just to make just make a really good double IPA and then stick with it. Make a really good IPA West Coast and stick with it. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with that. I guess yeah. the point being, you got to look around and see which which ones are selling. Like Golden Ale, we were told recently, like don't make don't make a beer and call it a Golden Ale. Like call it a Bond Ale. I mean, it, honestly, this, they're essentially the same. Well, it's, this is another one of those like it is what I say it is. Yeah, you know, like our hazy IPA isn't. It doesn't look like glop. There's a little bit of clarity to it. It's just that like that Todd the Axe Man type of haze, you know, like a, a a sturdy haze, but not, you know, like it doesn't look like there's a bag of flour in every. Yeah. So in the BJCP, there's one golden ale, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the British golden ale. Weird. Yeah. Like, so the, the Belgian one is the Belgian blonde. Huh. I just kind of grouped that. Well, yeah. Which is also another, like, again, like when you said golden or blonde, like I, I always think of Leffy, Lef, L-E-F-F-E. Yep. The Leffy Golden Ale. It's just a really good beer. Well, no, it's called Leffy Blonde. Or, oh, Leffy Blonde. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right? What's what's the Golden Ale? Uh, I know there's the, I, there's probably a bunch of them. I don't know. But yeah, um, I'd have to type some things. Oh, you know way. what it is. It's uh, Omagang keeps doing Belgian Golden Ales. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what it is. Well. Or Omagang. However you want to pronounce it. Well, yeah, I mean, Blonde Ale to us in, in our brew house is a... Uh, we use like um, this really like specific Munton's Pilsner. That's just very it's very, it's a very English Pilsner. Like it's it's distinct. Like we had it in our uh, West Coast IPA, and it was too much. Oh really? Yeah. So I, I it was too English. Yeah, I was just yeah. Like well, there's. They like, I say you lean into that well, and release an English IPA. But. Half the bill was yeah. <laughs> half the grain bill is Golden Promise. And the other half was that Munton's Pilsner. Okay, that is an English IPA. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I guess maybe a Scottish Hop, IPA. Hopped like. West Coast. Yep. Um, but we ended up swapping that out for just like, I was like, let's just get the most regular ass, not in, in I'm going to say cheap, but I mean price, not quality. Um, the cheapest Pilsner, which is just whatever, RAR mm-hmm. premium pills from BSG the distributor um, is what we go with. Um, but that really like... Ah, okay. All right. The, this, put this it tastes right. M- right. Put it more into a comfortable yep. ba- malt backbone, in, in my opinion. Because, I, I mean, these West Coast, y- they got to be a little bit dry, too, to the, pop, you, you, well, pop yeah, hops. To pop and the, hops. the way your, you know, the way your water profile works, you're, you know, sulfide heavy. So, yeah. Anywho. Um, um, so, uh, I guess back to kind of kind of circling back, what, like, what, what percentage of, or, what if any like burden of education do you think falls on like you as a brewery? Like is oh, is that is that something that you guys? Like, I know you need to worry about it, but is that something that you guys even think about when you're developing a beer? No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, I I'm like okay. I know that I know that this won't sell as well, so we'll make less of it for one. You know, and for two, you know, it's like we have a Vienna Lager. Nobody knows what the hell that is, so we just say it's a, an amber lager. All right. So, and but everybody has had one because mm-hmm. everyone has had Dos Equis. Yeah, exactly. Like that, you know, a lot of the German style brewing carried over to 
Uh, South and Central America. South and Central America, straight up. For for some weird reason, it really picked up like uh, in the forties. Yeah, know. that's. So, <laughs> yeah, I wonder why that would be. Hmm. It's almost like the Germans fleed Germany and went to. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so yeah, long story short, yeah, it's the the what you're asking is uh, who is the burden of education on? Well, like you as a consumer, a little bit. The brewery, a lot of bit. But the thing you run into is that there's only so much space on an eight and a half by yeah. 11 sheet of paper front and back. That and so what information do you your, put on there? Right. It consists of your menu. So it, it needs to it needs to be amber lager is what it needs to be because you have an old timer that goes in there and there is a certain age group of people that are like, oh, yeah, amber lager. I know that because during this certain you know period in time in, in the beer industry, there was a lot of red lager and or, or I'm sorry amber. God, I can't say amber. Amber. Or like well, they're like, oh, I need an amber ale or an amber you, this you, and amber you look, that. You look at the uh, the um, uh, oh, what's the one in Chippewa Falls? Uh, Linies. Linies. You look yeah. at the Linies lineup, and that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's it's what a is certain... this? This is a creamy dark lager. Mm-hmm. Like this is an amber lager. Yeah. So burden of education got to definitely try to jam what it is into a very small, you know, section. And, you know, people, they want, it's even me, like when you walk in to somewhere where you've never been before or, well, let me backtrack. If you're sitting somewhere and you see some people walk in, you can usually tell, oh, okay, they've never been here before. They don't know what to do. It's the same thing with new beer. It's like, "Mm, I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. Um, I want something that makes sense to me. And then maybe while I'm drinking this first one, I'm going to sit and think about, okay, well, they have all this other stuff. See about the next one. Yeah. And, and then there should be, your employees should be well-versed in the beer and everything that encompasses it. They should understand that, you know, an, an amber lager could mean red lager, amber lager could mean Vienna lager could mean. Could mean 14 different styles right. of lager. And so my thing it's like <clears throat> what I say to my employees, I'm like, it's like a car dealership or selling anything really. Um, it's like no more than five questions and you should have that person should have a pair of keys in their hand. They should turn the engine and drive away after they bought the car. Yeah. So f- for beer, you know, it's like light or dark. Well, a little bit of both. Yeah. But do you primarily drink light beer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hoppy or not hoppy. Okay, not hoppy. Okay, well, boom, I can, there's three beers I can think of right away off the bat that I could just wander over and be like, no, no, I'm pouring this, this is what you're drinking, here you go. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they just they just want whatever the familiar thing is. So as the, um, for lack of a better term, the 1%, like, do you ever get, because I know I do, like, you walk into a, a new place, and you look at their menu, and you're trying to suss out what style things are based off of how they're labeled. Right. And you can't. Mm-hmm. That's annoying as Doesn't hell. Doesn't that... <laughs> I need to... I need... I want to see the name. It better be clever. And then <clears throat> I want to know what style it is. Because I... I Immediately when I walk into a new brewery, I'm like, give me your IPA. Period. Figure, figure out what your... Yep. Is, is Canary your IPA? I'm sorry. Like, like so, I uh, for for you like is is your canary beer for yes. for a new brewery and I absolutely okay. I can tell 
a million different things. I usually go for like a pilsner or a blonde, something I'll go there's for that. nothing to hide behind. I'll go I'll go for that the second time around because a lot of the a lot of new breweries just plain suck at making lager. Um, unless you're, you know, if your lager game is strong, then True. I won't even go for it. Uh, so I go for the IPA right away because I I can tell if you're messing with your water. I can tell you know what what type of hops you know you're using i can probably tell your mash temp i can tell i can tell any number of different things you can tell a lot of things immediately and then if it's if it's good then i'll probably end up going to you know something more as you said canary like yellow fizzy and see you know what do you got you know are you able to ferment a nice clean lager so okay uh but yeah so and did I answer your question or no? Well, no, we we we, we, we kind of went off, and that was that was more my bad than yours. It's all good, uh, all good. No, so uh, so do you have any advice for people out there? Like they have they have a menu, and they need to do they need to they need to name it or uh, label it for the average Joe, but they also need to label it in such a way where uh, like a home brewer or another brewer comes in and they can immediately tell what style you are going for. Because, I mean, there's there's a lot of them that, like, they look similar and they might sound kind of similar, but if you tell me it's this and I'm tasting this, I immediately don't like that beer because I'm like, oh, you completely missed the mark. Mm, like, if you, if you yeah. give me a stout and it's a porter... I'd say, I'd say use broad strokes, honestly, like, yeah, use broad strokes, because it, like, I don't think I finished the sentence earlier, yeah. the blonde ale in mm-hmm. our, in our brew house is Pilsner and wheat, you know what I mean, like, that, that to me, like, what we, what, the tangent that we did, you and I went off on is that we're old school, and we thought Belgian immediately, yeah. that's where I went with it, but, so to answer, to kind of answer that question yeah use broad strokes um people resonate with blonde ale they understand that's you know that you know oh what's closest to blue moon well you don't you don't want to say nothing and look down your nose at him you say well probably you know probably a blonde ale like i don't know it's just yeah it's a it's got a little bit of wheat you know haze to it well, and, yeah, and you and don't want to be a slave to the style either right it's a clean ale it's not overly hoppy it's just balanced you know and so yeah, like as as close as you can get to whatever that style is, go for it. Like put that in, you know, and, and hope for the best, honestly. And make sure your people are educated, and make sure that you get, you know, nice. So more than anything, it seems like staff education is sure. really high up on the list. You know, and then also knowing your market, because I there I don't know we're 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 in a vacuum here almost like in in Minnesota and. I know I can look around at all the other breweries in Minnesota and Wisconsin and, and say, okay, well, I see a lot of Blondales popping up, so we got to have a Blondale, you know, or I don't see any golden ale anywhere, so I'm not going to call anything that. Well, and I guess the other question is how, well, and this, this, is, this is a little off topic, but like how much do you pay attention to what other breweries are doing versus trying to forge a new path with a, with a style? Uh, um... I really want to say that I that I try not to pay attention to what other people are doing, but if you don't, you're hamstringing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you you have to like people are all about the juicy hazy beer right now. You have to make one. You can't yeah. you can't not make. So one. you do a lot of like, all right, these five are for you, but this one is for me. Right. Correct. There is a, a bit of that. 
Because, um, yeah, it, it seems like brewers like to drink different beers than the regular public. Yeah, that's a that's pretty fair. A fair assumption. Um, I mean, anything that's anything that's made well is welcome. Um, yeah, but, uh, but, I mean, like, Joe Schmo isn't going to reach for the Schwartz beer. No. But you're going to reach for that every time. Absolutely. Because you're like, I love this beer. Like, yeah, if you can, I mean, man, if you can make a good Schwartz beer, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. That is that's a tough one. You get a you get to read read your market, you know, and uh, and we do. Um, and we bought into the hazy thing right away because it was just breaking. Well, it was yeah, it was the huge thing, and you guys hit the ground running with a mm-hmm. good one. Mm-hmm. So, Indeed. and I mean, it's alliterative. So, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that Hudson Hawk beer. But- <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh man, you keep saying that. And I gotta, I really need to rewatch that movie. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I seem to remember it being pretty terrible. Like it's, it's super cartoonish and ridiculous. And anybody else other than Bruce Willis would have been able to pull it. Off. <laughs> but he's just so self-serious. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so did we? Uh, I think we made that topic about as clear as mud huh yeah that was a tough one man well i mean i think it was it was it was good to talk about um uh, and it it really just boils down to style matters but it doesn't exactly like it matters up to the point where it gives you a set of guidelines to follow as a brewer but as a consumer yeah mm-hmm. like well i mean and that's that's part of the fun of the hobby or any hobby is you learn the jargon you learn how to yeah, it was like not arguing but having a discussion about it like yeah. I don't know I thought this was more this style and it's like in the end did you like the beer yes or no yes cool then who cares right you know but at the same time you also want to know the brewer's intention damn it right it's- and you want it like cause you can lock into a good beer mm-hmm. but if you're trying to hit something and you end up hitting something else yeah, that's fine as long as you don't like just have a batch go bad and then call, decide to call it a sour because you suck and infected your beer. <laughs> don't do that shit. That gives all sours a bad name. Uh-huh. I think that's why a lot of people don't like sours. Yeah. Like, well, that and they're, well, they're so very different. And then you can also get into that argument where it's like, okay, well, yeah, there are a, a lot of breweries out there that make horseshit beer. And it's like, now you they made a horseshit Blondale and... You know, and someone's like, "Oh, I I hate Blondale because this, this brewery ruined yeah. it for him." You know? Oh, there and there's a lot of that, like especially uh, with all of the little breweries popping up. Not everyone's mm-hmm. going to be good, yeah. And so you end up with like a lot of like miseducation. I yeah. guess is dude, take it from me, like I've out of the box brewed on two brand new brewing systems, and they fucking learning curve, dude. Trust me, you're not you're not gonna. The first batch of whatever you make is not, you know, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and then it's, it's all right, so did you plan for that buffer to... It should. Potentially drain pour your first couple of batches. Ugh, ain't nobody you, got money for that. But. You, yeah, like you can't, I mean, because you, you don't want your first batches to be a bad mark on your record, you know? Like, yeah, that's, we had, the first, like, three batches that we brewed, we had issues because um, the thermometer that was uh the thermometer that was temping the the mash ton um was um 10 degrees higher than 
what it read. So, oh, Jesus. Yeah, so we I, I went to do a step mash in it, uh, like one, I don't remember, it had a Ferulic or something at 122, and it was reading 132. I think it wasn't a Ferulic. I don't, would that be 140? I can't remember. I have to look it up. Wow, that is that is horrible. Yeah, it was awful. So I was like, what in the hell is going on? And then I had I sent Justin really quick up to the store to get um, a, like one of those oven. Just like a digital. Yeah, literally. And we taped it to a stick <laughs> and jammed it in there and we're temping it all over the place. Like, what the hell is wrong? Is it by the thermal well? Like, what is going on? We could not figure it out. And, well, I was just really lucky that I like to do step mashes on everything. <laughs> I mean, our brewer now, he is like, do we really have to do a decoction on blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, no, no, okay, we can get rid of the decoction on this or that. Like, because decoction is the worst. It takes forever. Uh, we, we've eased up on some of the step mashes, but um, there's definitely a couple beers where I insist they must be step mashed. Yeah, I did a... Uh I did a decoction. We did, I want to say, we, well, I mean, I think we, oh man, we did this, uh, this like traditional Lambic. Mm-hmm. It was me, Miles, and Eric. And the damn brew day took us 10 hours mm-hmm. because they're like, we're going to do all of the steps and all of the decoction and it's going to be great. And I'm like, this is stupid. So when I did my Lambic, I did none of those. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? It turned out just fine because yeah. we, the malt modifies just fine now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not dealing with a super under, under modified malt anymore. Yeah. So. All right. Anyway. We should probably wrap yeah. up because uh, we got people showing up for the next show. Gordon just appeared. A wild Gordon appears. <laughs> Better throw my Pokeballs yeah, at him. Pokemon. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like to support us, head over to patreon.com slash and become a patron today. Uh, if you can do any Amazon shopping, uh, go ahead and click on the Amazon link on our homepage. Your Amazon shopping is normal and get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. really helps us out. Uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, feedback, or show ideas, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blunderstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blunderstudios. You can follow us on Twitter at blind <laughs> underscore ninja, uh, and we're also on Instagram now at blind ninja studios. So check that out. Uh, you can see uh, a bunch of my beautiful face because I run it. And yeah, uh, <laughs> other than that, uh, I'll see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>